he has spent the last 15 years distilling the secrets of human consciousness energy and purpose from many of the greatest masters of india and the orient and with over 25 years of business and consulting experience he stands at a unique cusp of these two worlds applying the dao jain and vedic principles non religiously to peak performance his iit and iim background helps establish these ancient wisdom solutions logically practical for today's workforce since 2016 he has inspired thousands of individuals across four continents and has conducted talks and workshop in over 46 cities he has authored two books arrive at success and renewal which are available on every leading portal online his proven methodologies of stress matrix pep formula and five levels of purpose are in the use by more people than he knows in today's episode let us learn more about sandeep nath's career journey and his insights on being energetic hello hi there welcome to the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future this podcast is to help professional students it employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers dear listeners in every episode we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn great things also we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the it world or technology towards the end thank you so much for tuning in this is your host navin samala and with my co-host sudhakar naganla so folks today we are going to discuss a topic of being energetic and after listening to this particular episode you will be at peak energy beat whether it is at 10 am or 10 pm and we are pleased to have sandeep part of tgv's journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe sandeep welcome to tgv can we get started thank you thank you so much sudhakar and what a beautiful way of putting that across navin it is my privilege and uh, i feel so delighted today to be with you on your platform where you're impacting so many millions of people i wish you all the best and i'm happy to make uh, whatever addition i can to this conversation thank you very much it is our privilege to host you sandeep and i'm sure our audience will love every bit of this conversation so can we get started totally excellent so sandeep can we talk about your career journey and top two three things that contributed to your current position right so thanks for letting our viewers know where i stand currently with uh, bringing ancient oriental wisdom to the modern workplace but it wasn't always that way in fact uh, just about 15 years ago i was in hyderabad and i was running a consulting company and uh, that's the time when i started getting disturbed uh, sudhakar by what my clients seem to be doing by what our corporate forces seem to be doing and that was creating automatons out of humans and uh, I, i was feeling that i'm getting to be a part of this problem <laughs> not a part of the solution is there a solution and uh, you know just uh, like working with large multinational uh, consumer brands opening a packet putting stuff inside it's not natural and then with bpo companies working against the biorhythm again not natural 
So what is it? What is our purpose? What is our consciousness? That's what started me on uh, getting to to do stuff apart from this corporate world and took me into the area of uh, Vedic wisdom. Like I said, I was in Hyderabad, so I was just fortunate to have early access, not early access, but quick, easy access, or maybe I was just karmically destined to have access, period, to the Shri Shri's and the Satyasai's of the world and various masters like that. And uh, there was another Vedic master who runs what is now called the Heartfulness Foundation, Chariji, who advised me to continue my studies of consciousness with Tibetan lamas. So one of the turning points there was when I handed my company over in 2010 uh, to my other uh, directors, and I spent a few months in the monasteries of the Himalayas, learning about our energy wisdom. And uh, I tell you, that was one point. Since you asked for two, three, that was that was one. I mean, the disturbance was definitely one. But uh, the fact that we have something called energy that is so woo-woo for most of us. I come from an IIT, IIM background, so it is uh, really difficult to understand energy until one starts understanding the real essence of quantum mechanics and E is equal to mc square. So all energies matter. That's something we knew like four or five thousand years ago. <laughs> and uh, we were just putting it into an equation now. So that was one thing. And then when I when I came back, then I spent a lot of time away from the corporate world, working in villages, creating micro entrepreneurs, empowering women with solar energy products and things like that. And at the same time, working on my energy and working on teaching people how this whole aspect of uh, energy wisdom can help create better health, happiness, and harmony. And a second defining point for me came in when uh, three, four years of doing this across four continents, doing talks and workshops, suddenly a very dear friend of mine had a brain stroke. And that was as recent as March 2019. And I remember this conversation outside the ICU when I said uh, to his wife that here I am talking to people, teaching them about stuff like this. Why didn't Amit talk to me? And what she said hit me right between the eyes. She said, Sandy, what would he talk to you? He didn't talk about his stresses to me. And I said, man, there are millions of people like Amit across the world. And I started on a crusade against stress. And that's where the book Renewal came out of. And that's the movement I'm on. So those are the two or three <laughs> defining points that has got me to have this conversation to get the renewalism movement across to the world. <laughs> Electric energy to inner energy in humans and Vedic system, Sri Sri, Sachasai, Chariji to the real essence of quantum mechanics equal to MC square. I would say it has been a, you know, the spectrum that you covered Today, uh, Sandeep is like uh, amazing, right? You are talking about the inners versus exteriors in a way, right? You are talking about the inner energy, the transition, evolution internally from the personality standpoint, and also the things that got influenced or that impacted you in that unfortunate incident of your friend. That is like phenomenal. So, Sandeep. When we talked about, you know, uh, inviting you to our show, you proposed this topic, be at peak of your energy, either it is, you know, 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. So what is the reason? Means what is the thought process there? Is it like time is just a number? Like is it just a number? 
Well, uh, time is a very convenient number because it helps us gauge where we are at different points of uh, time. But what we normally understand where we talk about you know, being energetic, feeling energized, is that energy comes from somewhere. And while we have it, let's do what is most difficult so that we are at peak productivity while we have the energy, which could be some, for some people at four in the morning, for some people they're night owls. But my point is not to be driven by something outside of you. Time is outside of you. You cannot do anything about it. What's inside of you is what you can do about. It. And what's inside of you is your energy. So if we are able to be in a position to raise our energy through certain ways of being, what I call habits, we could be equally energetic regardless of the time. And if we are to be equally energetic regardless of the time, then it's only a question of how we keep replenishing our energy. And that is what renews us on an hourly basis, on a minute-to-minute basis, but I take hourly intervals for it, for convenience, <laughs> right? So every hour, there are certain habits that I recommend in my book, Renewal, where we're talking about the aspect of self-renewal and how we can keep ourselves renewed at the body, mind, and spirit level. So what is it that we do to replenish our body, to replenish our mind, to replenish our spirit, which is our energy, throughout the day? And we do it without taking time because it just becomes part of what we do. It's like, you know, I don't take time to have a cup of tea while I enjoy this lovely conversation with you. I just have it, right? Now, if I'm to ask you, how heavy would this cup be? You might throw a number at me, like you threw the number of time. But if I say that I'm going to keep holding this cup for an hour, how heavy would that be? Now your concept changes from that of a number to something qualitative. Man, that after an hour, it's going to feel really heavy. And if I say I'm going to keep holding it for the whole day, then probably you're going to say, Sandeep, I'll see you in a sling tomorrow. So nothing's changed with the cup. What's changed is how long I keep holding on to stuff and how little movement I have. In it. I can be holding the cup the whole day, but moving my hand around, keeping it here, keeping it there, drinking a bit, refilling it, and I am able to be with the cup all day long. Now, the cup is a metaphor for our emotions. If we keep holding on to our emotions for days, for weeks, for months, they manifest in uh, problems of physical and mental nature. But if we keep moving them, then we are uh, in a position to be very, very happy, healthy, and harmonious at a mind-body-spirit level all the time. So when we have that, then we are naturally, very logically, not stressed. I mean, how can you be happy, healthy, and harmonious and stressed at the same time? You cannot be. So in my crusade against stress, I believe that people must get into this aspect of self-renewal by working on our habits and uh, understanding that these habits don't take time. They're just as natural as having a cup of tea alongside a conversation, but uh, they, they could really change your state of energy at all points and keep you at peak productivity all along because uh, you are using energy. You are energy. That was the long and short of why I proposed let's do this because it kind of ties in with renewalism of all our viewers. I would say that was an energetic thought after (laughs) hearing to these answers and all. You brought up on an interesting point, holding things, okay, which is similar to holding the emotions, right? Like I think uh, it resonates very well with us in case if we do some sort of introspection like as if if you are holding a physical object briefly it doesn't hurt but if you hold it for a long time 
like it it starts hurting so is the case with emotions thank you that was a perfect perfect example now switching topics and talking about renewal your book renewal and in fact i was amused when i was copying your linkedin profile and it says uh, in.linkedin.com/in/renewalism normally i have it as navin samal and sudhakar as envy sudhakar and you said it is renewalism so can we talk a little bit about what is renewalism and what thoughts have you shared in your book navin the thoughts sudhakar already started pouring them out i mean i i'm, I'm so full of it that uh, it just comes out it's about renewing ourselves at a mind body spirit level but the movement per se is because just as we can renew ourselves we can also renew our relationship which is what is called symbiotic renewal and these relationships are sources of strength but it you know often we feel that uh, those those monks sitting by themselves and that nobody else around they are uh, stress free because they don't have to interact with anybody they don't have anybody to answer to and stuff like that but here we've got a spouse we've got a boss we've got uh, teams we've got clients we've got uh, so many things so how do we how do we do that so that's where symbiotic renewal comes in which is about bringing mindfulness into the workplace bringing uh, awareness uh, into taking conscious decisions about various things that impact us and others symbiotic and also impact symbiotically with the planet so you know our environment our our processes how are we structuring our companies how are we structuring what we do and what is the impact of that symbiotically on on everything else so covid for example has shown us that if we just keep our cars indoors we would uh, not impact the the skies that much or the water that much right i mean at least in delhi where i am in in it takes 3 days of lockdown to see the blue skies again and suppose that again once the cars are back on the streets we are back into gray skies which is the default color in delhi so renewal is basically about looking at how we are as people as purposes and as process when, when i talk about purposes we come to the level of why we do things and that is how we de- develop systems now all our listeners are uh, it prospects or in the it industry so we really understand systems very well but often we get so trapped in following systems that we forget why that system was there what is the purpose why was it set up in the first place and is there something that has changed the environment which makes that system redundant and in fact we can do the same thing much faster if we change some of the basic things that lead up to the making of the system so the the connection between people applying their minds to this per- processes that have been laid in place and the purpose with which uh, we work is uh, all subject to continual renewal and continual renewal because there is continual investigation because we don't believe that uh, we must go on in the same ways and expect productivity or efficiency to improve so how do you do that so you do that through the practices of renewal which only people can ultimately any system is just people putting it together any policy is people putting it together so it all starts with renewing ourselves as people and then applying it to symbiotic renewal and systemic renewal and uh, making for much better healthier happier harmonious workplaces as well that's kind of the long and short of what we do we, we do workshops i do talks i form renewal clubs in organizations which help people get um, you know a club is a very interesting concept where uh, people can come together for just 10 15 minutes a day at a pre appointed time the whole organization across geographies 
comes together on a platform and engages in one habit so i know this uh, this is a time bound podcast so we won't be able to talk about the habits but i would encourage people to go to renewalism.com and uh, maybe download a free pdf of the book that's uh, something that would really put you across with all that but uh, like i was saying there are these habits for uh, being energized 10 am to 10 pm so what are these habits and how do we work on emotions so at the club we can work on one habit a day and uh, you know investigate deep dive into those kind of things so these are things that we can put out in the corporate world and see the impact it makes on increasing productivity and engagement and reducing uh, absenteeism and sickness and uh, these are measurable uh, empirical data so we will know exactly how well renewalism is working for uh, our clients very thought provoking uh, conversation so far so <laughs> you spoke about uh, renewing mind body soul and in addition to that symbiotic renewalism this is something which i am coming across very first time and it's more looks like uh, we need to introspect and begin fresh from today so that we can have a different perspective and give some sort of meaning to the life and thank you for uh, sharing those thoughts and you also touched upon the habits right so can we talk very briefly about the zen habits that leaders should develop for a better corporate or for a better world i love the way you integrate stuff i mentioned about can you pick up the zen habit <laughs> yes obviously those have found their ways into the talks uh, that i do as a professional speaker and into the book you see i mentioned a while ago that mindfulness is so important and the zen masters are the the benchmark for uh, being mindful that is what the training is all about and what is mindfulness mindfulness is about remembering remembering what remembering what we are doing remembering the purpose of it remembering the process of it remembering the involvement that we have at a body mind spirit level in getting that done so take for example what a zen monk does by way of something that affects our it community a lot he does things with focus now often i am asked this question about the virtues of multitask so short answer do not think that that adds to productivity long answer it doesn't add to productivity because you can do this experiment at home or when you finish listening to this podcast try to write down a to z and then below that 1 to 26 so when you do it from a to z you will take let's say 30 seconds uh, to do that and then write down 1 to 26 but when you multitask which means you're doing an alphabet and a number simultaneously a1 b2 c3 d4 you might take 40 45 seconds which immediately tells you that when you're multitasking between two different sets of uh, categories uh, which uh, which is uh, alphabets and numbers you are taking longer you're definitely getting the thrill out of thinking that i have now approached t and 20 and uh, we were very close to finishing to z and 26 but you're eventually not being more productive so this is what richard branson also does this is what a lot of uh, business and uh, spiritual leaders do is that they focus on what they are doing and for a monk if it is cleaning the utensils for example there's a famous saying when walking walk when eating eat when washing wash so if you're washing utensils you just wash you're not concerned about cleaning the utensils also you're just washing them but when you're washing them with that level of mindfulness that you are able to actually hear the squeak of the squeaky clean and you're able to see the shine of the edge then there's no way that the plate is going to remain unclean cleaning is a by product it's the focus on doing what you're doing 
And if let's say you have put the soap suds and you are now to start rinsing it, but it has become the bell rang and uh, that's time to set up the prayer room. What the monk would do is he would stack his entire bunch of plates with suds, clean the space around it. And then it takes about 30 seconds to do that and then go set up the prayer room and then come back. So the point is focus on this and give a clean finish to it and then focus on doing the next thing and give a proper finish to that and then come back. That's how productivity happens in a nutshell. So that's one of many habits, but (laughs) I think this is going to be a very useful one for all those who are trapped between thinking multitasking is good or not. What do you think? Ah, I think this is amazing. Whatever you do, manasa, vacha, karmana, do it, right? Within letter and spirit as we speak in English. Really great examples. Two examples that you picked up. You know, I was actually making note of them. That A to Z and 1 to 26. You know, even though you can do one activity in 15 seconds and another in 15, making it 30 seconds, the moment you do it uh, multitasking, you will you know automatically increase it by 50% to 45 seconds or so. Simple exercise to prove that, you know, multitasking doesn't work. And uh, the example of a monk uh, doing the activity with utmost focus, like when you are walking, walk, when you are eating, eat, when you are washing, wash. Don't worry about the outcome of that getting cleanliness. Amazing. All of this, uh, Sandeep, it would require a lot of uh, focus, inner power and that strength. So how to attain it to start with? and then control it and manage it. Attain, control, manage. You have a very nice process-driven brain, <laughs> which, which is very, very helpful, really. So let's see. Inner power is uh, a phrase that uh, I'm glad you brought it up because that is the coinage that uh, I have for the programs that I have developed, uh, which were inspired by this uh, whole episode with Amit. Because, uh, and thanks to the lockdown, I had the time to put together 15 years of ancient oriental wisdom, distill it into certain programs that are video-driven and can be uh, purchased. You can just, you have my contact details with you. Just uh, urge people to get in touch and uh, they can go to innerpowerwithsandeep.com, click on the WhatsApp button and WhatsApp me also. But that's the starting point of understanding that the power is within us and we are all often, not often, always so distracted by what's outside us because that's our conditioning. That's how we are programmed to become. It is uh, our educational processes. It is right from childhood, you know, especially children of Gen Z today. They are, because the parents are themselves so disturbed or time bound or uh, at a loss of priorities or whatever, they hand over uh, games, PlayStation and stuff like that. And then they say that the kids got ADHD. But that's because the outer distractions in infinitesimally small time, those reactions to games and stuff like that, is causing a certain response within and challenging our inner power because of those outer distractions that are so fast that we are not really designed to handle them. I mean, our core design is to handle one elephant standing outside our cave once in 10 days. That is the level of stress that our core design for hundreds of thousands of years has been about. But now in the last hundred years, our core design with automotive, automobiles coming in and all that sort of stuff, our reaction times are going smaller and smaller. So the only way that we can develop against that outer bombardment is by strengthening our inner power. And those are the secrets that we have 
had since thousands of years, which frankly, Sudhakar Naveen, we forgot when we designed our uh, modern businesses and lifestyles. And we didn't forget them. Probably the Western world didn't know about them. And we nearly aped uh, those people. And so all of us globally are in, in the same uh, trap. But we can renew. And uh, renewal begins with understanding our inner power. And then building capacity on it through habit. So that's uh, the, the second step. That, so that it is sustainable. 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., like you said. It is always sustainable that uh, I, I've got to a point and I'm not crashing back in because I'm not regressing back into old habits because I remember through mindfulness of what is it is I'm doing. And then when we get into a position of teaching that, which is where the renewalism clubs, for instance, they're a great place because out of an organization of 100 people, maybe 10 people would come on uh, on the platform on any given day, expect people to have their own priorities and not realize the importance of sharpening the axe on a daily basis. But uh, those 10 would maybe talk to the, their other 10 friends and maybe the other 10 friends would go over the next day. So when you are sharing like that, that's when it becomes both monitorable, measurable, as well as stickable. So I'm, I'm forgetting what the third M you had mentioned was about. I remember it was ACM in your process. Uh, I said how to attain it, how to control it, and how to manage it. So when you're monitoring it, when you're measuring it, when you're disseminating the information with your friends, that's when you manage to actually stay in that state. Uh, because anything that you teach, you internalize. You're totally involved with that. So this is what happened at the club session yesterday. And bingo, then that stays with you. If, it, if you tend to forget, your friend will remind you, you know, okay? but you are the one who told me that gratitude is so important. Now you're not grateful, stuff like that. You know? So then, then it really stays controlled and managed. So renew begins through inner power. You need to build on Begins, yeah, yeah. begins with starting to read the book. We will. Our audience would love each bit of that book, for sure. Thank you for that summary of Renew begins with the inner power, build on the habits, sharing becomes it tangible and sticky because, you know, by sharing, you are ensuring that others also share those best practices and remind you. Sometimes you forget. Amazing. And for the benefit of our audience, please note that uh, Sandeep's this amazing book on renewalism. We will share those book links in show notes. The website URL that Sandeep mentioned, we will share in our uh, uh, notes so that all the audience can get benefited and uh, you can use that link and to be in constant touch with Sandeep and it will be like uh, what Sandeep mentioned. Sharing the good stuff amongst everyone helps the overall society's maturity level to go up. And that is exactly what Sandeep has been trying for the last 15 years, if not more. So Sandeep, all of this actually talks about uh, positivity, right? Because we are actually, what is society? You and I are society. So if I actually get the best part of it, I share it with you. You share your best practices with me so that, you know, we both are in better shape. That way, the overall society, actually, the level of maturity, positivity, you know, is into the next level. So how to drive that positive energy around us? Now, let's look at it this way. Just to tie in with what we have been saying in the past. Let's say... Like it's monsoon here now. I see gray clouds outside my window. So let's say I am here with this umbrella and uh, walking uh, alongside, I suddenly find that I lost my grip on the umbrella and the umbrella fell into the gutter full of water. Now, there are two things that I can do. One is 
that I can take out my kerchief or a piece of cloth and clean out that umbrella because it's got contaminated. So when uh, to to just bring the metaphor and image it link, when we are uh, contaminated in terms of energy, that is when our energy is not so positive anymore. There, there is negative coming into it, right? So we want to clean our energy. We want to do things that can be done from the outside, like get a good uh, movie to watch or a book to read or have green tea or something like that, you know. So these short-term tips and tricks for stress management and keeping yourself positive energy. But the other thing that we can do with that umbrella, and it's usually much faster, is we can just open it back and open it with a flourish. So all the water flies out from inside and outside. And uh, it's more or less not got any water on it anymore because that's the nature of the umbrella. And that's the nature of our mind, body, and spirit. If we just pack, get our inner power strong and up, then anything cannot affect us. You are always in that state of positive energy. I'm a student of uh, Tibetan Buddhism ever since I went to the monasteries and all. And I take great inspiration from the Dalai Lama who is unflappable, like throw him out of his country, he's equally in equanimity as he would be uh, if he he was uh, the head of state of his uh, very huge country. And Tibet was uh, not small. So here we are losing a cell phone and we're getting all negative about it. There he is losing a country and uh, he just uses that with gratitude as an opportunity to spread the concept of the Buddhist way of uh, thinking and living philosophy across the globe. It's really gone across the globe thanks to the fact that a lot of Tibetans have uh, found refuge in uh, various countries. And that wouldn't have happened if it had stayed in Tibet. Just like there's so many great things about um, the traditional Chinese medicine which haven't found their way into Western medicine because they've just stayed in China. There's so many great things about Ayurveda which has stayed in India because uh, we ourselves don't give that much importance to it. So there is ancient oriental wisdom that has not integrated with uh, the rest of the world because uh, we we haven't valued it enough, because we haven't internalized it enough, and we haven't seen the power of spreading that and just making the contaminations go away in a flash. Absolutely, Sandeep. Again, this is also a mind-blowing answer. First of all, we need to internalize it. Let the uh, people okay that are local, let them realize the benefits, and then the rest of the uh, crowd will follow. And uh, a perfect example of Dalai Lama showing the way of uh, gratitude irrespective of being thrown into difficult circumstances and situations. And I also love this uh, umbrella example. So thank you so much. And this conversation has been wonderful so far. So Sandeep, we would like to add some spice to the episode by asking you a few interesting rapid fire questions with your consent. Are you ready? <laughs> I have a choice. Sandeep, our audience would love to know the other side of Sandeep as well, right? So we would ask you to consider this. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me fire the first bullet out of rapid fire, Sandeep. What has been the best moment of your life so far? The best moment of my life. I'm glad that we have an audience of uh, people who are still looking at the job world pre-jobs and of course the IT people of course but I think you mentioned professional students and stuff like that because I'll go back to my teenage for that and uh, I believe that that is the first time that you have moments of accomplishment where you do something on your own and uh, those moments like stay on for uh, years and years and decades and decades so uh, I 
would actually go back to the time when uh, I got a letter of uh, appointment from uh, the president's office uh, because that's how the letters for the defense forces, that's where they come from. And I had qualified in the NDA and that was the first uh, exam I'd written in class 11 itself, you know, and made it. And that was such a kick. So I, I will never forget that I could have been a fighter pilot if uh, if my dad hadn't said that, try engineering and next year you can do India again. And then I got through engineering and that was the problem. And, and that's the problem with many kids in India. Like <laughs> we think something and parents think something else. And really, at least now the world is changing. That was a validation that I physically, mentally fit. And, uh, you know, that whole uh, idea, the thrill of being in uh, the defense forces and getting that letter. That was really cool. After that, of course, many, many events have happened. There's another very beautiful moment where I remember I had gone uh, during my college years to Sikkim. And uh, that was my first close encounter with a monastery. And I just had a calling that I have to be back here. And it took 25 years for me to be back there finally. But uh, I got back there. But that moment was uh, an eternal moment. And what happened in those 25 years were like various moments, but you know, the spike of uh, the best moment, like you said. And after that, the last 10, 12 years that I've been with this uh, whole aspect of mindfulness and all, now I'm not looking at high and low moments. Everything is as an observer. Not that it makes life dull. It makes every moment very exciting. In fact, before we started, before you joined, and Sudhakar had said that it's great that we're meeting up on a Saturday. And I said, for me, every day is a Sunday. <laughs> so it's, it's like that, you know, every moment is the best moment of your life. Yeah. And that's not a very rapid fire answer, but <laughs> you can fire. Yeah, fair enough. We wish uh, we attain that stage where every day is a Sunday, just like you mentioned. Definitely moving on to the next question out of the rapid fire. Which three words would describe Sandeep? Purposeful, clutter-free, calm. Simply amazing. That was rapid. Here comes my next one. What is the hidden talent that no one knows about you, Sandeep? I'm intuitively good mixing drinks. That uh, I, I don't do it for anybody really. And uh, I have stopped alcohol some seven, eight, nine years ago. So, but I still can mix very interesting drinks out of arbitrary ingredients. So wow. <laughs> people like them. <laughs> very interesting. And I, I would say people are lucky. People around you are lucky in case if they had an opportunity. Okay. <laughs> That's why people don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, moving on. I'm not sure if, if this question is relevant to you, but still I would go ahead and an, uh, ask you, what has been a question on your mind which you never got answered for? Ah, it's very relevant, yeah. It's, uh, it's a very profound question, actually, because for one, everybody, regardless of any labels or divisions that you want to put them into, everybody seeks happiness. And it confounds me why they don't do the things that would actually bring that happiness from within. Always, like we were discussing, thinking it's going to come from outside. doesn't. And they have been told that by people much wiser than me. But still, they are looking for answers outside. They're looking for buying a car. They're looking for a house. They're looking for a video game. I am sure, and this is what confounds me, not more than 1% of your uh, listeners are going to actually go to renewalism.com and download a book for free and read it. The answers are inside. <laughs> what happiness is there? I've been doing it for 15 years. Confound me, why? Such a <laughs> profound thought, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I, I concur with you. Uh, many a times we are probably trained to seek happiness outside because of achievements or because of reaching certain milestones or because of buying something. 
for whatever reason yeah but uh, thank you for bringing that again and last one for the rapid fire sandeep if you were to compare your life with a movie which would it be maybe my favorite movie because uh, it is favorite because maybe i relate with it in some way and it is the last samurai it's uh, a movie that was made in the early 2000s tom cruise a young guy and uh, he was within the japanese uh, samurai the, the the samurai clan and he learns practices from them and then he's left as the last samurai because the western forces kill each one of those very very extremely honorable and noble people i think it is a beautiful movie and <laughs> i don't know why it is sure sure i'm going to watch that movie for sure thanks for sharing that and sandeep thank you so much for being so candid and for being so put in this rapid fire round with that i would like to transition back to sudhakar for the mainstream thank, thank you navin and uh, thank you sandeep like for the initial answer that you gave the rapid fire answers also covered the whole spectrum i would say starting from mixing drinks to purposeful clutter free calm and you know considering every day as a sunday i think it was sachin tendulkar right who said um, if you love the job that you do then you don't need to work because you you love what you do you don't need to work for rest of your life you started with uh, shri shri satyasai chari ji and ended with uh, the spectrum uh, other side of the spectrum to quantum mechanics e equal to mc square similar way in your rapid fire answers also you covered the whole spectrum amazing thank you last samurai aspect i think it was in 2002 or 3 ken watanabe uh, you know the japanese actor actually acted in that movie for the first time in hollywood he is a superstar in japanese amazing concept it reminded me of my days in delhi sandeep <laughs> in pvr i watched that movie <laughs> so sandeep this has been a phenomenal conversation so far one final question for this session okay you have shared pearls of wisdom as uh, you know navin puts it so what is your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers follow your purpose i will link this back to the 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 rapid fire answer because you're most welcome to write into me to understand what is purpose go to my blog to identify life purpose there's an exercise there but i believe that as teenagers if we are disconnecting from what our purpose is then we are going to be driven by somebody else's purpose and 10 15 years are just going to go by like that without you realizing it because you're just getting into a stream of getting accepted and recognized for what you're doing and then when you realize that what is it i have done and where have i come to that's when something called the midlife crisis starts and i don't want that for you it is stressful so i've been there done that so <laughs> you don't have to have it that that was 2005 6 for me and uh, understanding what is your purpose and then sticking on it would give you a very very satisfying life so i'd uh, leave you on that note amazing thank you sandeep this has been a phenomenal conversation we loved every bit of it and i'm sure our audience are going to enjoy each bit of it and with the so many free tools that you shared during the conversation for which we will be providing the links and references you know it is indeed great to talk to you about the peak energy be it 10 am 10 pm uh, but life at large talking about values purpose that inner satisfaction the positive energy and at, at larger what is your calling thank you so much for your time 
we really appreciate you taking time for our guiding voice audience they are going to love every bit of it thank you so much thank you thank you for having me i feel renewed after this conversation sandeep and thanks again for being part of tgv's journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe with that being said let's move on to the next segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about language translators and here comes my question and i'm sure this must be the easiest question of all the trivia questions asked in tgv platform but let me go ahead do you know which company has employed the largest number of language translators i know you started googling but stop there google is the right answer given that google offers its services in multiple languages they have hired highest or the largest number of language translators any company could hire across the globe interesting isn't it thank you so much for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest yeah.